All right. Hello and welcome just to family. This is giving you something to talk about or just a live TV as I like to call it. I'm your host, Melissa Kretschler. I'm an identity coach, spiritual teacher, business mentor, and creator and founder of not only just just a live TV, but also the Women's Sporting Women Can Network. Today we are going to be talking about struggling with conditioned PTSD. And this is going to be quite the whopper of an episode. I'm absolutely excited. And our sponsor today is the Phoenix Identity. Go and check them out. They're offering you the 911 um, three-month life crisis package. If you're feeling like you don't know who you are, if you feel like you want to take control of your life back, go and check that out. Link in the description. Use 911, uh, the coupon code 911 to get it for 25% off. So three-month coaching package, Phoenix Identity in the description of this video. And on that note, let's hand it over to my guest speaker to introduce ourselves, Corel Richards. Hello, everybody. As she mentioned, my name is Corel Richards. Um, I always have this struggle saying what I do because it, it changes so often. Um, but essentially, I am a transformation coach, a rapid transformational therapy coach, actually. And I work with childhood trauma predominantly. So that could be linked to anxiety, depression, whatever you call it. But like she mentioned today, we're going to be discussing PTSD and specifically complex PTSD, which I'm not sure that many people are aware of. So this is my way of bringing awareness to it because it's something that I lived with or I'm living with, but have better management skills now. And I'm just doing my best to bring awareness to that. So everyone that is struggling with this knows that one, they're not alone and that it is possible to still live a fulfilling life with it, um, even though it may be a struggle at times. Yeah, absolutely. I was just trying to find my notes from today's episode and <laughs> forgot that, you know, I have a whole full desk behind me. Uh, <laughs> so no worries. <laughs> Oh, I wanted to show you my newest creation. I posted it all over my Facebook today. So I make heat therapy bags, right? Okay. That's, that's one of my six businesses. And you're local to Winnipeg. So I was like, oh my God, I have to show her. Little gnome bags. Wow. So what's, what's, what is the purpose of it? Because I saw it on your post, but I was like, what is this? <laughs> what they do is you pop them in the microwave, right? You oh. pop them in the microwave, you heat them up, and then you use them for heat therapy, right? So if you've got an injury or if you're just cold and you want to snuggle, right? I make them in all different, but I, I'm obsessed with gnomes. Okay. And so I created the gnome one, which was absolutely fantastic. I'm, oh, I'm awesome. beyond excited for that. So I had yeah. to because it's funny you said one of six, one of six businesses. <laughs> That's that one of six. It is. So the, the one of six that that is, I make crystal jewelry. And I make heat therapy bags. Um, and I also make uh, fragrance packages. So they're little, you know how in the closet you can put like a little bag of smelly stuff and that yeah. kind of stuff. So okay. right. that is my local business. Soon to be, soon to be not so local. But um, anyway, so yeah. So today we're talking about, you know, complex PTSD or um, I'm going to call it conditioned PTSD just for <laughs> Sits and giggles on my end. Um, pardon my language, everybody. We're it's that mode today. Um, people really don't realize that that we we can struggle from PTSD in different ways. So, just to name a few, uh, people pleasing. Yeah, people pleasing 
is a form of PTSD. It's a conditioned behavior, right? Um, And for anybody who who knows what PTSD is, normally it's associated with a traumatic event, right? And and that's absolutely there is it, PTSD is very destructive. It's harmful. It's it eats at your soul. It's it's traumatic, yeah. In itself, not not even just with the traumatic event that created it, but yeah. PTSD had, there's triggers, right? And I think that with when we talk about complex or conditional or conditioned PTSD, those behavior patterns that we are taught in those formative years, right? So. Yeah you can even learn those behaviors when you get older, right? If you're in an abusive relationship, you learn the behaviors of PTSD or the, you know, your behaviors that come out of that are conditioned PTSD, right? Absolutely. Anything drops on the floor and you're like, oh. yeah, right. It's, it's yeah. So I wanted to, I wanted to bring that out because people pleasing is one that I see quite often, especially in my own clients. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, what I think we don't recognize is that we're predisposed predisposed to these behaviors, like you said, at a formable age where you're so you're you're a sponge, right? So you're looking to the outer world, and the outer world is expressing to you everything about you. Is how we see it as children. You know, it's no, it's not separate. Anything that we see, observe, experience, we bring it back to to us as it meaning something about us. So the interpretation always is rooted in, oh, hey, my mom and dad are arguing. You know, my sister is arguing with her friends. They're arguing because of me. It always somehow comes back to that because while we know that we have an inner world as adults, as children, we don't know the difference between inner, outer, you know, internal, external. It's just one thing because yeah. We're just sensational beings at that point. And logic doesn't really kick in until you're about seven. So you can't really make sense of it unless someone explains it to you. So when you're feeling and experiencing certain things and no one's explaining it, you interpret it your own way with the limited knowledge that you have. And chances are you're not necessarily giving it the right interpretation. So I think we carry that into our adult life, not realizing that that belief that we have is ingrained subconsciously and we're living through those beliefs and that's getting us into patterns and habits that we we get so confused we get so frustrated because I'm like I want to break this pattern but whatever I do anything I do it's just not working yeah yeah um I created what I call the seven mindset pillars and it and it is basically that ideal that you know, when we're children, and as we as we go through our formative years, right, the things our teachers say, the things our peers say, our parents, our situations, even if they're positive situations, they create our beliefs, right? We create our beliefs from our experiences in those formative years. And then every belief that we have, those beliefs are what triggers our emotions, those beliefs are what trigger our choices and our and our logic. Yeah. And as we get older, and I get, I'm for your clients and my clients, what ends up happening is you get to a point where you're like, this isn't who I want to be. This isn't the path that I want to be on. Um, and then, so let's say, let's say religion, because religion is a big one, right? There's, there's religious uh, beliefs and religious mm-hmm. ideals, and, and they're all, you know what, I, there's no judgment, shame, or blame in any of them. So don't think that I'm bringing that up for anybody watching. 
Um, but what ends up happening is you think about it. So if you're taught in your culture or your religious belief that you have to be with a certain person or you have yeah. to be with a certain type of person, right? So let's say I have to be with somebody who is this religion, this color, this behavior, this lifestyle or this career, you'll make decisions based on those thought processes. Absolutely. Right? And then your dream person who comes along. Okay. So let's, let's, let's go this way. I'm, I'm going to use this as different. We grew up at Disney. Okay. So I'm in my thirties. I'm almost 40. I grew up with Disney princesses and oh my goodness, Disney princesses told us we needed Mr. Tall, Dark and Handsome, Prince Charming, all of that. Right. I have P I had PTSD from Disney because Disney told me that I had to have, I needed to be a princess and I needed to Mr. Tall, Dark and Handsome. And I had to look a certain way and I had to be a certain way. And he had to look a certain way. I got with Mr. Tall, Dark and Handsome. He ended up cheating on me and was just no care about me whatsoever. Right. He turned yeah. into an asshole. <laughs> Again, pardon my language. Yeah. But that's what I was taught. And it wasn't until I realized that what Disney tried to teach me wasn't what I wanted. Nope. I wanted somebody who made me laugh. I wanted somebody who made me feel secure, safe, loved, acknowledged, and important, right? Yeah. I wanted to feel all of those things. And when I realized that that's what I wanted to feel, it created a different relationship. I've now been married 13 years. Yeah. And you know what? I... Yeah. Okay. My, I said in yesterday's episode, my husband is, is a great a-hole, but he, he provides me with everything that I need. Yeah. And I mean, even with what you've just stated, I, I, I question when you say you need all those things, where are those needs coming from? Is it from a space it's, it's coming from you. Okay. And at least, you know, that, you know, a lot of people don't recognize why they are looking for certain characteristics. Yeah. You've, you've mentioned Disney. I can mention culturally, you know, how I, what was modeled to me, you know, I had a very chaotic environment. So most of my relationships have been chaotic when, when they're going too good, I decide, oh, I need to start something up or the, the other person decides, okay, this is a little bit too nice. We have to shake this up a bit. And that's a lot of people's story, especially where I'm from in Jamaica, where it's just so noisy, at least in my environment, I can say that my parents were absent they were absent emotionally and they were sometimes absent physically. Who were, who were the type of guys that I went for? Guys that are emotionally unavailable and the seemingly sometimes physically just unavailable. And I had to check myself at one point when I recognized the pattern because recognizing the pattern isn't easy at first because we are so conditioned to point the finger at the people that are causing the harm to us, the pain, the hurt, that we get so lost and so, you know, confused about what's actually happening. So I, I had to pull back when I realized after about three, three relationships, I'm like, why does this keep happening? Like, what am I doing? And I recognized that I was looking for, you know, someone to, to fill those gaps, those voids that my parents didn't fill, not recognizing that I was also recreating the same dynamic that I had with them. And you, you get so confused and you also get very frustrated because you're like, I'm consciously doing things differently, supposedly, 
but nothing is changing. The outcome is still the same. So hopefully somebody can relate to that story because I'm very, very much familiar with that story. And I'm changing that moving forward because it's being conscious and also doing the work because this has been 30 plus years of me being this way, right? You, and I think with complex PTSD, you, you create this, this version of yourself that you think is the real you. You're like, oh, I love to be alone. I love my space. I like when, you know, uh, the person is away so I can have my space, so I can have my autonomy, not realizing that it's because you never had someone to fill your needs, meet your needs, and you had to do it yourself. So that became very much familiar to you. And that's how the mind works. It wants to stick to what's familiar, what's comfortable. So when someone comes to me that wants to be around me constantly, they feel needed to me. It feels too much because that's not what I'm used to. And it's you have to consciously make different decisions now because you're like, okay, I want a different outcome. So I have to do something different. Yeah. But at the same time, we we do. So for me, one of the things that I teach is that, you know, it all comes down to our identity. You asked me when I said that I created my ideal relationship. I did. Yeah. And it was because I identified what I needed. Yeah. Right. It had nothing to do with them. Okay. Right. So when you're trying to create, let's talk relationship wise, when you're trying to create your ideal relationship or you're trying to create the space for love, you can sit there and go, well, you know, I want Mr. Teldark handsome. He needs to make me laugh. He needs, you know, um, and we're specifically gen like, I'm not gender specific here. I'm just, that's the terminology. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but for me, it wasn't, he has to have a good job. He has to have his own place. He has to, none of that mattered. Like the yeah. list of things that I expected from that person, none of that truly mattered. Yeah. Right. So if he was a little bit clingy, because you mentioned clingy, if he was a little bit needy or clingy, then I had to look with myself and go, you know, does that really bother me? Am yeah. I okay with somebody? You know, it is absolutely okay to not want somebody in your space all the time. Some yeah. people thrive on those relationships and that's fine. Yeah. Um, we did an episode on it called love your way at, uh, around the beginning of the year and they are partnered. So they had, they were married, they had their own houses, they had their own space, they made time for each other. So they were married, but living in separate houses. Right. And okay. that worked for them. So it really needs to come down to what do you need as an individual, right? And that's why I work with identity because everything that we do comes down to who am I, what do I need and how can I make that happen? And how can I, you know, um, create the space for other people to fill those roles? Yeah, and, and that's where the honesty and the transparency comes in, right? And that's in having that self-awareness. At least you are self-aware to know that, okay, this is what you need. And whoever the conversation was happening with before, they know what they need. And that's the struggle. A lot of people don't know what they need. They don't. And even so, even when they do know what they need, they are actually, in a sense, codependent on another person to give them that. Right. And when you become codependent, when that person decides to no longer give that to you, it's almost like your world crumbles. Right. So it's having that healthy interdependent because we do want to create connections. Right. So congratulations to those people that want to live their separate lives. My question is, is there connection still happening? Because we're wired for connection. Right. So for me, that may not work. 
right? So I would probably have to find someone that works with what I need. But it's essentially what you're saying is find what meets your needs. Find what works with who you are authentically. Yeah. And I say authentically because a lot of us don't know ourselves and it takes time. Even I'm still getting to know parts of me. And that's just how it is because we were programmed, conditioned to be a certain way before. So we kind of lost sight of who we are. And it's just to go on that journey, that adventure to get to know ourselves again and have fun with that because it really is fun. Yes, grieve who you thought you were supposed to be because that does forgive and forgive exactly yeah. forgive for sure i asked know? that question before how many of us have actually forgiven that inner child that is so unhappy because we didn't become the veterinarian we didn't become the prince we didn't become the princess we didn't become a knight in shining armor whatever that looks like right we need to forgive ourselves and say you know what it didn't turn out the way that i wanted to as a child but that's okay because it's going to turn out even better exactly and and going through that now healing that that complex ptsd is is quite you know i i'm creating a method right now called the smarter method and i'm in the process of writing the book for that um but the smarter method is everything that we do and it's an acronym obviously smarter is an acronym i'm not saying you have to be smarter but it is no smarter method. <laughs> um but the smarter method, the acronym is, and, and I created this method because when I first started coaching six years ago, I wanted to know, you know, what do we need? What do we need to yeah. learn? What do we need to know to be happy, healthy human beings? What do we need to know to be balanced within ourselves? What, what do we need to know for our own identity and how to be self-sufficient, right? Yeah. So I've created the smarter method. Now you can go to the smarter method life, the smarter method legacy, the smarter method love, and you can use the smarter method in all of those. But what the yeah. smarter method is, is that methodology of how to create a solid, confident, knowledgeable identity. Yeah. Right. And I asked myself again the other day, because I have my kids are ranging from eight to 20 and I was doing an episode on children. And I asked myself, what do kids need to know? What do they need to know? And the smarter method can be used by kids, by adults, by, you know, the elderly, whoever wants to reconnect to themselves, they can use the smarter method to do that because all of those complex and conditioned behaviors, one of the things we have to ask ourselves is, is that what we want? Is that aligned to who my identity? Or is yes. that somebody else creating my own, my identity? Because yeah. nobody else can create our identity. Absolutely not. We our own. Yeah. I'd be interested to see what the smarter method looks like. I know you're still working on it. So um, I felt compelled to say this because it was just popping in my head while we were talking. I want people to understand that experiencing complex PTSD isn't all negative because my greatest gift came from having or experiencing or thriving, I say no, with it, right? I, it made me hypersensitive, right? Very hypervigilant. I'm able to just kind of see things shifting. So what I'm, why I mentioned that is because we also have to take from, take from it the good that came from it, because it's not all bad, right? So in recognizing, okay, through your trauma, there is a gift and it's finding that gift. It's not all gloom and doom, right? And it's you actually manifesting that part into something greater. 
right? So your life isn't over. I want you to know it's really not over. It's just making the best of a situation that, you know, to be honest with you, you had no control over. None, absolutely no control. So in, in my, in my, in my opinion and in my teaching, right, is this is going to sound harsh. So bear with me. Um, we did control it. We did create it, whether subconsciously or consciously, we did create it because of the, because of that conditioning, because right. of where our beliefs were, if we feel unworthy, we are going to subconsciously create situations that make us feel unworthy. Yeah. Right. And not, not on purpose, not because we want to, but when you look at it that way, right. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are like, Melissa, but that will cause a lot of shame and a lot of guilt, but it doesn't. What it does is it empowers you. When you realize that I created where I am right now, I created 95% of my reality where it is right now. Yeah. That means I can recreate that 95% of my reality. Okay. Right. And it's turning that negative into a positive. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with that. I think the part that we had no control over is those early years, right? We were, mm -hmm. we were seeking survival, like we wanted to survive. So yeah, I agree. that's the part I'm saying that we don't have control over. It's everything else after that when, and of course, maybe we're not aware of it, but knowing that up to a certain point, the choices that we are making subsequently are the decisions that are leading, leading us to the disappointments that we're experiencing. You know, why is it that we're so quick to be excited about the good things, but then when the bad things come, it's just like, oh, it's somebody else, it's something outside of me. You, you have to accept the good and the bad because it is coming from the choices that you're making. It's just, like you said, not holding shame, not feeling guilt because of those things. Things you've experienced at a younger age, Yes, you are aware of it. Just know that you were age appropriate. That was the moment that you were supposed to make mistakes. Like that was the perfect moment to make mistakes. You know, even in your 20s, perfect moment to make mistakes because from mistakes, you know what not to do, how not to go about living your life. Yeah. And it's learning those lessons from those situations. And it's when you stop learning the lessons that things begin to crumble. Right. So it's just your responsibility then to learn those lessons and make better choices for yourself, because I know it feels powerless at times with complex PTSD or conditioned PTSD. The truth is you have to tell yourself different things. Your thoughts start everything. So if you're thinking that you're powerless, you're not going to do anything. First of all, you're going to think that you're stuck. And to be honest with you, the truth is you do have the option to make different choices. It may have not felt like it then, but you're older now and you're able to actually consciously make different decisions, even though it may seem tough, it's not impossible. Yeah. Sorry, I just had to write something down. No worries. Apparently I'm getting little dings now. <laughs> Got to turn my Facebook off. <laughs> so it's dinging in the background. Now it's off. Okay. Um, I, I completely agree. We, we tend to, we need to focus more on, you know, our accountability, our responsibility. We do have that. And that's actually part of the, the acronym for the smarter method. Smarter. <laughs> part of it. As I was, I was curious yeah. to see what it stood for. <laughs> okay, so I'll tell you. So the smarter method is uh, security, 
mindset or sorry, security, maturity, accountability, responsibility, trust. Um, I had had it. I, I'm changing the E. So it is, it was emotional stability, but it's going into like the experiences, um, our experiences, right? Um, And then the R is readiness, right? So when we have all of those things, and it goes into a lot more detail, but when we have all of those things, we're able to create a strong self, sense of self, sense of identity, sense of purpose, uh, all of that. So I think the one thing I haven't heard, and maybe it's somewhere in there, is some level of acceptance. I think without accepting, (laughs) you are not going anywhere. That's actually in the E. Yeah. Okay. Good. (laughs) Good. That one's one's in there. Um, I wonder if, like I said, I'm in the process of going through it all, and it is quite the... It is quite the process. Yeah, <laughs> it is. But think about it. The whole, it took us years to be here. So it's going to be a whole process, right? That's, that's part of the process of my smarter methods. So wow. Just parts. Um, yeah, so experiences <laughs> are, are part of that. And it is understanding um, and learning from your experiences because yeah. we do need to do that. That is a massive part of what I teach is learning from our experiences because they're the best teachers, right? Absolutely. They are absolutely the best teachers, whether it's a negative or a positive experience is always teaching you something. Yeah. I I was watching a series the other day. I'm I'm not sure if you're familiar with it. It's called living with yourself on Netflix. Check it out if you haven't. So it's a version. So this guy's basically cloned. So when he shows up, um, he's married, by the way. So the other version of him shows up, the, the cloned version shows up and, you know, meets his wife. And she really can't tell the difference between them, of course, because it's a clone. And you would think that, okay, he's fresh, no trauma, no nothing. He still has the memories of the original, but he doesn't have the experiences. And I think I was thinking while watching it that, oh, this must have been, this probably would have been a better experience with the wife because he no longer has all that mess all that trauma all those experiences to clothe his judgment and in the initial stages she loved the idea however she noticed that because he lacked those experiences they didn't necessarily have a bond anymore because they went through it together right so i'm i mentioned that because embracing your experiences in all honesty is probably the most freeing thing that you could ever do because it gives you so much insight into how, why, and where you are, so much so that it gives you so much value in moving forward, right? If we had none of these experiences, where would we be today? Where well, would we now be? I have to write down a new word. <laughs> <laughs> embrace? <laughs> yeah, because that actually fits perfectly, the embrace. Yeah. Because it's embracing your experiences, embracing yeah. your um embracing your knowledge, embracing your potential, your possibilities, right? So yeah, so there's the new E, so it's embraced. Um, (laughs) And that's the thing, this is, uh, when I came up with this process, it's now, I already have eight books for the series. So I'm starting with the first, then I'll have multiple, their programs, their books, their packages and courses it's fantastic right 
Um, and I absolutely can't wait to share it with the world because it is going to be transformational. It's going right. to revolutionize mental health um, because this we need that. with mental health, emotional health, physical health, because once you get this core, the smarter method is basically your core, right? Yeah. It's the core of everything. And once you get that down, everything else starts to align. Yes. And that's true. And when you go through those experiences and you embrace those experiences for what they are, they don't become traumatic. They don't. They don't. It really does change your perspective, how you perceive things. Because I think for a very long time, we perceive our reality or we perceive what we're experiencing through the lens of the traumas we've experienced, through the beliefs that we've created. So you no longer actually get to see what's actually happening because it's so cloudy, yep. right? People pleasing, right? So people pleasing, instead of, instead of you do something, right? Let's say, okay, here we go. I made, I made my known today, right? Yeah. And so I'm in, I tell my daughter about it yesterday. I pick her up from school. We're going to the fabric place and, and I'm just, I'm cuddling with it now because it's nice and cold. <laughs> um, so I go to the fabric place and telling her all about it. And she's like, mom, you're obsessed. And I am, I have a tote full of gnomes beside me. I bought like gnomes that are probably like four feet high. Um, I'm, uh, I love gnomes, right? And I'm okay. like, okay, why not? So I'm thinking about it and I'm making it. And, it's, and if I was a people pleaser, I'm not. I, I borderline you know, every so often I'll think about what other people need, but I'm, I'm secure in myself that I'm not a people pleaser. So I'm sitting there and I had somebody else who is, and they're like, well, what are people going to think about it? What are people going to like it? Or are they going to be able to sell it? Or, and I said, it's not going to be for everybody. Yeah. And so, that's the part. Right. And I could have looked at it as what is this person going to think? What is this person going to think? I'm going to have to make it sit. You know, I could have made 50 different variations to please every single person. And yeah. I said, no, right. I made it so you can flip up his little face and whatever. Right. Because that's how I wanted it. Yeah. This is how I wanted it. Yeah. Right? My husband was like, well, there's no pom-pom. And I'm like, that's more work. I don't want to do the pom-pom. Right. Like, no, you can't, you can't heat a pom-pom in the microwave. It doesn't. Yeah. Make and so, you know, that's true. It, finish your thought. Finish your thought. But, but that's the thing, right? I could have made, I could have let this take me. I came up with this idea last night. Yeah. After my episode, it's probably about 2 PM. I came up with this idea. Um, and then I went straight to the fabric store and I started last night. I didn't get a lot of time because I had stuff to do, but I finished it and launched it within an hour because I didn't question everybody else's opinion. I went with my own, what I wanted, what I was comfortable doing because I'm going to be making them. Yeah. And would you say, would you say that's, your intuition that you're going with, you know, your gut, you know, you being authentic, or is it something else? What would you It's a combination of all of it, right? Okay. Because like I said, and, and again, I'm going to go back to that smarter method, right? You don't question everybody else. It's how do I feel about it? Do I feel comfortable? So the intuition was the download. Oh my goodness. I should make known heat therapy bags. There's the intuition, the download, right? Yeah. Then I was like, do I really want to do that? Like I sat with myself for a minute and I thought about it, right? 
And I'm like, yeah. And then I told my husband and I told my mother-in-law and then I did the cutout for it and I was super excited and I kept going. And then again, my daughter turned around and she said, mom, like, no. And I was like, no, screw you. I'm doing it anyway. Right. <laughs> and so every part of that process or every part of the last 12 hours has been me going or, you know, 36 hours, 24 hours, sorry, now was do, is this what I want to do? Yeah. Right. And the confidence and the clarity and the intuition and the ability to say, this is what I want. I'm not out there to please everybody else, but I know there are no maholics like me that are going to buy this. <laughs> yeah. You have your audience essentially. Yeah, right. And so it's, it's really just, you know, if I thought about the, the smarter method and if I had thought about it and said, no, nobody's going to buy into that. Nobody's going to like it, but I know the worth of it. I know the value of it, right? Because it's mine. It's what I'm creating. I'm creating it for me to help the pop, the world. Yeah. And like I said, it comes down with that clarity, that confidence, the ability to say, okay, I'm not worried about what, what so-and-so is thinking. I'm not worried about what so-and-so is thinking because I'm not going to sell it to them. If they don't want it. They don't want it. Yeah. Right. I remember, I do remember having a situation like that, um, a while back. I, I think I had just started a blog and it was really heavy in spirituality and just things that a friend of mine just wasn't ready for. I remember asking her, you know, just to read through it, give me her, you know, her insight, a little feedback. And she's like, oh, this is a little too heavy. And I was like, okay, when you say it's too heavy, what do you mean? She's like, well, I don't think anybody's really ready to hear this. And I'm like, well, you're not everybody, um, first of all. And I didn't say it in a harsh way or anything. It was just like, it's your opinion, right? Whoever needs to hear it, whoever needs to see it, will see it, they'll gravitate to it, they'll receive it. You, you can't please everybody. And I think that's the, the thought that a lot of us want is that we want to please everybody. And the truth is when you start doing that, you lose yourself. And then you are so ungrounded. You're, you, ha you have no semblance of confidence because it's hard to be confident as a people pleaser yeah. because you're just kind of shifting from person to person. So I have to show up like this. I have to show up like this. And then you get so overwhelmed to the point you're just like, I don't want to show up anymore. And you wonder why you then go into isolation because your energy is drained because you're, you're ex you're basically giving away all of that energy and you're leaving yourself with nothing. Yeah. Yeah. I was lucky. And, and this sounds lucky, uh, or won't <laughs> sound lucky to many. I grew up in a split household. Okay. So there was my one side of the family that was redneck. The other side of my family was very prim and proper. They never intersected. So I would be one person or one way with one side and another way with the other side. And I learned how to be myself in the middle. Okay. Right. And so whenever I would go, I, I have the capability where if I go out, if my friends are drinking, I choose not to drink. So if my friends are drinking, I can act and feel drunk because I have been drunk. <laughs> <laughs> I can act. it's like automatically I will go into drunk mode and it's like I'm not, I haven't even taken a sip of a drink right and it's just me picking up on everybody else's energies I'm okay. also an empath so that that oh, okay that makes total sense though because I was yeah. about to check you <laughs> <laughs> like, what's going on here <laughs> you know 
there's there's a difference between what I do being an empath and taking on that energy, right? And right. and having fun like everybody else versus me doing it to please everybody else, right? Okay. Um, when I'm with my very close knit friends and my family, I swear like a sailor. Um, when I'm out in public or when I'm doing the show, very rarely will I swear because you know I I know the not the limitations, but I respect the the I respect the different cultures I respect the different people I don't outwardly put you know being authentic to yourself and being authentic even even past complex PTSD and conditional PTSD you can be authentically you and still respect everybody else and still respect the culture still respect the expectations right yeah there's no balance giving up your identity yeah absolutely there is a balance because you we don't live in this world by ourselves right and even if that was the case would we really want to not really you know so we do have to be mindful and considerate of others but not considerate to the point where it's at your expense exactly yeah so that's something to consider when making decisions and i think we you can actually go from being a people pleaser to just just not considering people at all and that also is problematic right i agree yeah flip side of the coin right there oh yeah very very problematic i've i've experienced people like that and i think also because of my my own personal traumas when you don't consider my need and of course this came up for me where it's because I wasn't considering my needs. Why? When I saw someone that wasn't, it one triggered me. Two, it was just like I couldn't understand how could you not consider another person? And then you get the backstory for that person, and you're hearing, oh well, they had to be really self-sufficient because they had no one to take care of their needs. So they are so familiar with just being considerate of themselves that the concept of considering another person is not even a concept. Well, take women. Let's take women for a moment (laughs) and let's take women in the corporate space. There are women, not just in the corporate space, there are women in male dominated fields. And I saw a TikTok a few weeks ago and I actually played it. My husband was in the oil field. Um, A lot of my friends and family have been in the oil field. Um, We do live in Canada, so that's not uncommon. Yeah, right. (laughs) Um, And so we lived in Alberta and BC for a little while. And I've met a lot of people in the oil field. And so I'm sitting there and I watch this TikTok and it's, it's this woman's birthday. And she's posting on TikTok, please leave me alone in my place of business. And she is in a very high male dominated field. She's the only woman working in that area um, or in that location. Yeah. And I guess what was happening for her is the partners or the spouses of her coworkers would call and say, is she at work today? Is she there? And absolutely making the fact that she's at work doing her job an issue. Right now, this day and age. Yeah. Oh yeah. This was, this was in August. Wow. So the, the partners were feeling very much threatened by the fact that there was a female employee in a male-driven location. 
Hmm. So now add to that, and I, and I have to segue with that. Going back to my original point, though, is that you have women who have to fight because we're talking women's equality as well, right? I am an equalist. I'm not necessarily feminist, feminist because feminism has become domination. I am an equalist. I love equality for all. Okay. And in that, you see women who are CEOs, presidents, um, management, supervisor levels, and you look at them and you interact with them. And I don't know how many women in a supervisory role or, or a, a high level role in corporate, corporate, the corporate sphere, yeah. who are very aggressive, very no tolerance, very, uh, you would, to look at them, you would think, oh my God, this woman is like, there's a stick up her butt or whatever, right? She is very hardcore. Yeah. And you think about that and you look at that person and you as a, you know, a regular employee or as another woman, you can look at her and you can go, oh, I don't like her. You can judge her immediately by the way that she's portraying herself or expressing herself to you. But think about the PTSD that that woman has is now living with having to fight and just climb her way upper corporate ladder that is meant or has been conditioned for men yeah right you become conditioned to fight you become conditioned to show no emotion you become conditioned to let everything everybody else says fall off your back you have to be conditioned to fight with your employees or be no nonsense because you are you have to fight harder to prove your worth yeah and you know that's it's it's funny you mentioned that because even though that's just an isolated situation, who's to say that those traits or those characteristics didn't exist before, right? And it's just basically her falling into something that she was already predisposed to. It's, so it continues the trauma response. It continues to re-traumatize her essentially because who's to say that's not how it was in her household, right? And it's like, what it's doing is reinforcing that this is how I have to show up in this world. And at the same time, too, one would say it's a choice to be like, okay, well, I've always been the stoic. So me going in an environment like what you just described seems fitting to me because that's my personality anyways. When the truth is, who's to say that wasn't your personality and it's just your way of coping with life? Exactly. But that's why I wanted to exact, that is exactly why I wanted to use it as an example, because that is one of the greatest examples for women in the corporate sphere Yeah, is that they, you know, they're, they're cutthroat. They're, they're not being true to themselves. Yeah. Right. And you know what, if that is how you're, if you're cutthroat and you're living in your masculine energy, absolutely nothing wrong with that. You know what I mean? But live authentically to you. Ask yourself if your personality, if the things that you like and dislike are truly yours, that's what aligned means. That's what authenticity means. It isn't this old fluff and stuff. It is literally being aligned and, and centered and balanced and authentic to yourself, right? And when you look at those beliefs and you look at those behaviors and those conditioned or complex PTSDs, you think, is this really what I want? Yeah. Is this really who I am? And feel into that answer. 
And so that's one of the tips for changing that is feel into that answer. Always ask yourself, is this who I really am? Is this what I really want? Am I okay with this? Do I want to continue and feel into that answer? The way that you feel about that answer will give you your answer. And you know, that's a challenge too, because you're asking someone to feel that hasn't felt for a long time, right? They've always been of a logical mind. So you saying feel, feel, they're like, I'm sorry, I haven't, I've been numb for years. What are you asking me? So I think also to add to that tip, it's stepping away from the environment that is adding to the trauma, that is reinforcing the trauma and going into a quiet space. So you can actually hear your thoughts because a lot of us are hearing thoughts of everybody else or what the expectation was of us. So if you're hearing that versus you're hearing your own thoughts and their thoughts are a little bit louder, it's harder to hear this one, right? So it's quieting everything, removing yourself from that environment and sitting with yourself and being honest with yourself because it requires honesty. It's not going to feel good at first because it's going to bring, like you mentioned earlier, it's going to bring a lot of shame. It's going to bring a lot of guilt. It's just how you respond to that shame, how you respond to that guilt. All those feelings, they have a role, right? They're telling you, okay, there's a wound here. Let's dig a little bit deeper to see where that wound is coming from. And that work, that work can be really, really messy. That work can be really, really hard, but that work is so empowering. You're no longer just walking around like a zombie you're actually intentionally making choices that are in alignment with who you are authentically yep yep and i i love that you pointed out that reconnecting to who you are right and reconnecting to your own noise your own your own emotions your own words your own energy that is absolutely empowering for sure i i no doubt about it um what else would you like to, you know, uh, we, we have about 15 more minutes if you want to continue. Um, what else would you like to add? I'm not trying to rush you out. No, absolutely not. <laughs> um, rush taken. But what else would you like to add about complex PTSD and about, you know, struggling with it and how to change it? What, what, is there anything you feel like we've missed? I think we've been kind of skirting around talking about what it, it looks like, but I don't think we've gone into what it is. Mm-hmm. you know, and what causes it, you know, it's, it's a reinforcement of traumatic experiences, not just one, because you'll have that one experience. And I can use myself as an example. You know, I experienced abandonment at a very young age. Was it intentional? I'm certain it wasn't. However, the way I perceived it, you know, and that's the one thing you have to be mindful of with CPTSD is was it actually happening versus how we perceived it? And as children, we're always just perceiving. So I saw that my dad uh, left and went to the States, no explanation. In my mind, at the root of that interpretation was he was rejecting me. I felt rejected. No one really gave me the words to express that, okay, he was going away to seek a better life for us. And I didn't know that until later on. So I've been living with the belief that I'm, I was rejected for such a long time, not knowing the backstory. And then you, you get another experience and it keeps reinforcing that belief that you've created at that young age. And I'll just say two for now. 
you you experience another experience that then reinforces oh so i was rejected again i'll hear a conversation about my mother talking and it'll seem like i'm i'm bad i did something bad so again i'm being rejected and it just further reinforces that belief and then it goes into okay why am i alone you're not realizing that you're alone just because you know maybe someone stepped outside of the room for a brief moment we are so in the moment as children that not having anyone around, we feel disconnected. We start to give it a story. We interpret it that something is wrong with us. And if something is wrong with us, that means that we're not good enough. And then there's another belief that starts to get rooted, right? So I think the difference between complex or conditioned PTSD is that it's not a trigger, it's more rooted in beliefs. And these beliefs are so rooted and have been rooted for so long that you start living your life believing these things and you're looking for things to reinforce these things. So when you go and you do a public speaking engagement and you have this thought that you're gonna be rejected, you're gonna be judged, you're gonna be unsafe, you're not gonna perform the way that you want to because you're already judging yourself that you're not good enough. So you don't get to say the things clear as clear as you need to. And then essentially somebody's gonna to come to you and say, oh, that speech was terrible. And there you are reinforcing that belief. So it's just your, your beliefs really are dictating what you're experiencing in life. So yeah. it's just for you to go back to those beliefs and understand that they were rooted at a young age when it, you thought it was true. But the truth is it's not true today because you have control over your life today, even though you were codependent then because you were a child and you needed to survive you know today you don't need someone to tell you how to feel you don't need someone to tell you you know you're great you can do those things for yourself because logically that makes sense right so it's finding that balance and understanding that you have to question what you're saying to yourself those thoughts will dictate how you feel that those thoughts will dictate you know, how you show up and it will dictate how, what events you experience. So it's just being mindful of how you speak to yourself and just finding some kindness and some compassion in your everyday life. Cause it's there and it's necessary and you're worthy of compassion, even when you think you're not. And when we, I think with affirmations, I love the idea of affirmations, but there's always this missing element to it. It's that it's not us today that needs to hear those affirmations. It's that younger version of us that never got those affirmations. So it's hard to believe it when that seven-year-old, that eight-year-old just can't really hear what you're saying anymore. Yeah. And you think about it from, we're judged from the day we're born until should we become an adult and don't care anymore. <laughs> we're judged. Yeah. We're judged by our parents. We're judged, you know, I, I'm the least judgmental person you will ever meet, but do I judge my kids? Absolutely. Do I mean to? No. <laughs> if you think about it though, we are judged about whether we can color inside the lines. We can judge, we're judged on our speech, on our fine motor skills, on our, we're judged on everything as kids. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. And then if we don't do it the right way or to somebody else's standards, 
we're judged even more or, or we're punished or the repercussions or whatever. We are conditioned yeah. to be tiny little robots and perfect and like everybody else. And that's just not the way it goes. It's not. And that's where we lose sight. You know, the one thing that has helped me and hopefully it helps someone else. It's knowing that if someone is judging me, they're, they're, it's, the judgment isn't from me right? It's a judgment that they've already placed on their self. And what they're doing is really projecting that onto me and telling me now to take responsibility for it. And the person that I was back then would take responsibility for it because I was already judging myself. So if you go from a space of no longer judging yourself, and of course, that is definitely a process, <laughs> you know, you're no longer judging yourself. There's no one that can come to you and tell you about you. You, if you have that self-awareness, if you have that self-acceptance, no one can come to you and tell you something about you that you don't believe, right? So if you ever feel that someone says something and it lands and it has this impact on you, ask yourself, do I believe that about myself? And if the answer, and we're going to be honest with each other, right? We're going to be honest with ourselves. <laughs> if the answer is yes, that you do believe that about yourself, check where that's coming from. Because chances are, it's not even your voice. It's somebody else's voice. Yeah. And honestly, we don't have to like everything about ourselves. You know, being authentic, unconditional love is not about, it's about loving every part of yourself. Right. But you don't have to like them. There is I, tell that. There's that. A I tell my kids that all the time. I love you. I will always <laughs> unconditionally love you. No matter what you do, what you say, I will love you. But I do not have to like you. And right now I don't like you. Um, and I don't take it personally, right? Um, I unconditionally love myself, absolutely. But there are things that I don't like. I don't like the fact that I'm 60 pounds overweight and it all shows in my stomach and my chin. I don't like that. I don't like the fact that I have rosacea. I don't like the fact that I don't have perfectly white teeth. You know what, though? I love myself and I show up and I still express myself authentically. Even, yeah. even though there are things that I may not like, because I can yeah. change those things. Absolutely. And it's in those moments you figure things out and you're like, okay, I don't like this. It's still being kind to yourself. It's not you turning it in, into, you know, those self-deprecating thoughts that, oh, I'm not good enough or, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a piece of, yeah, keep it clean, <laughs> you know? It's saying, okay, I don't like this about myself right now, but that doesn't mean that I'm less than it. That doesn't mean that I'm unworthy. I'm still worthy of everything that I desire. I just know that I have the choice now to, to move towards making things different if I want to. Exactly. Yeah. So. Exactly. I'm grateful that we had this conversation. Me too. I was just going to say thank you because this is... <laughs> This is my jam. This is the stuff I love talking about. Don't get me wrong. I love all our episodes. But yeah. <laughs> um, when it comes to mindset and identity, it, that's, I, I have recently owned the fact that I am a mental health and emotional health genius. Um, yeah. I, don't know whether, I don't know whether there's something else going on, but I, I, when it comes to those things, I'm a genius. It's like puzzles for me, uh, yeah. you know? Um, and so talking about it and, and just being aware and helping people understand that it's one, it's okay to be where you're at. If yeah. you're struggling with conditioned or complex PTSD, then you're struggling with it. Yeah. Right? No shame, no guilt, no blame. Just, nope. you know, acknowledge, okay, this is where I'm at. Embrace and it. Start acknowledging where you're at. Mm -hmm. That's when the transformation starts to happen. Yep. 
because then you you are able to find those gems you know because you're now owning the truth mm -hmm. right and once you own the truth the next step is okay well i don't necessarily like where this is going so okay yeah. let's make a change right it's when you're you're like no i don't that's not me then where do you go from there who is the me that you're you're looking to who are you looking at in the mirror when you wake up in the morning who is that me right and it's taking that into consideration and just going on a journey because it really is a journey and it doesn't have to be tumultuous and the one thing i would suggest is to seek support right it's not easy I am still working through things. As far as I've gone in my journey, I'm still, I'm still bumping into parts of me that I didn't even know existed because I'm having experiences with people. And I'm like, oh, I didn't know that this was still going on. Or I didn't even know that I had this attribute. And it's then, okay, I'm like, all right, so this is what's going on. And then I still, I'm kind with myself. And in being kind with myself, I'm, I'm able to work through it, right? We don't want to be isolated. If anyone ever tells you they like isolation, I, I don't see how as human beings, as connected as we want to be, we want to be isolated. And I know COVID reinforced that for a lot of us, you know, but isolation, you're, we thrive on connection. You don't want to deprive yourself of that because you're scared. And I know you feel unsafe in this world with CPTSD, the world seemed unsafe back then. It's it's safer now, right? You know, we're far removed from hunter hunter gatherer times. We can survive. We can actually thrive. It's no longer just surviving. We can thrive, and we can do that together. We can definitely just do that together. So ask for help whenever you need it, because the help is there. And if you're interested in connecting with either myself or Corel, you can do so. Our links are in the description of this video. And that's one of the things that both of us work on um, is we help people reconnect. We help people heal. We help people, you know, just feel more in control of who they are and able to express their identities. So um, go and check that out. Well, thank you, Corel, for joining me today. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I, I'm happy that I, I showed up and showed out and you did the same. Absolutely. We're going to have to connect in person. Yes. Both in yes. We're going to have to connect. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Tim Hortons. Here we come. No. Oh, man. <laughs> All right. Well, like I said, just a family, if you would like to connect with either myself or Corral, please do so. Link in the description. Today's episode has been sponsored by Phoenix Identity. Go and check them out. Three month life crisis package. If you are feeling desperate, to feel like yourself again, you want to take control back of your life and start making those changes and start living a life you feel blessed to be living. Exactly. Go and check that out. 911 coupon code, use that one, you'll get it for 25% off. So lots of love, just a family. I hope you had a wonderful afternoon, morning, or evening, depending on when and or where you're watching from. And I will see you all next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs>